Hello, I'm Lakita and welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast, where my partner Chloe and I talk about building and co-creating the future of work. We hope this podcast will be your weekly dose of support on all things work, leadership, and personal development as it relates to creating culture for you and your team. Because one of our principles is to be a guide, we look forward to providing space for our shared learning and exploration while trusting your personal experiences. After all, this is what co-creation is all about. So let's co-create together. Hello, co-creators. Welcome to this episode of the Co-Create Work podcast. We are continuing our conversation around all things hiring, and I am absolutely thrilled that we'll be talking to Mel Carson today, founder and CEO of Delightful Communications, uh, one of our dearest clients and uh, person that we love to partner with. So we are super excited to have this combo. Yes. Welcome, Mel. Hello, uh, Chloe and Lakita. Um, uh, thank you for having me. Um, great to hear that you're thrilled. Uh, I, I like it when people say they're delighted uh, to have <laughs> delightful on, uh, but that's normally a little pun I throw into uh, conversations. Um, no, it. it's great. Great to be here. Great to be here. On that note, I'm going to give just a little bit more information about Mel. So as Lakita said, Mel is the founder and CEO of Delightful Communications, a B2B technology marketing agency based in Seattle. And for over 20 years, he's been on a mission to help brands and their leaders be more discoverable, shareable, and memorable. He lives on Bainbridge Island with his wife, Ashley, who runs the operations for Delightful. They're two fierce daughters and an assortment of pets and wildlife. So, so thrilled to have you. Delighted. <laughs> Sorry. So delighted yeah, to have so you delighted. <laughs> Yes. And I love the pets and wildlife. We'll have to get into that later. It's a menagerie. Uh, <laughs> <I tell> <laughs> so Mel, uh, folks are going to have uh, so many takeaways from this episode. I already know just because of the um, way that you think about hiring and how much you've grown your team. So maybe you could just share a little bit more about that scale. So when you've decided to hire and kind of go from a smaller team to a larger team uh, and what helped you to make that decision? Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a 10-year journey. Delightful celebrates 10 years in business this year and it, it started off with me being laid off from my role at Microsoft, um, being given a couple of months before um, I, I kind of rolled off the business and thinking about what I wanted to do. And that's when I decided I was going to give it a go and and start my own consulting business. Um, it was the second time I'd been laid off. First time was in 2003. The next time uh, was 2012. And so I decided that you know, I wanted to be in charge of my own destiny um, and see how far I could, you know, go with it. And uh, for the first couple of years, it was, you know, it was pretty good. Um, uh, picked up some clients, immediately got hired back by Microsoft. And then, <laughs> then you know, you read a few books around uh, how busy you know, you can, you, you can be, I think it was the, was it the entrepreneur's dilemma? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Some, some book like that, that was like, you know, if you're going to start a business, you know, ha having your own business is, is great. But when you start, you know, working more hours 
and and you know getting having more stress running your own business um, than if you had a regular job at a at another company then then maybe it's time you started hiring because that is the whole point <laughs> uh you know you don't want to be doing all that so um yeah i remember when i didn't really have that much of a um a job role i didn't really know where to start i just put together a few pointers i just needed some help i needed someone to come in and help some reporting that we would do uh, for clients and and then we'd kind of take it from there um and that's when i i put the job up on uh, it was husky jobs so husky jobs is part of the washington uh, university of washington um and i got an application through from uh, the famous bianca uh, who has been with delightful ever since um yeah she's yes. been with delightful for eight eight years um and uh yeah, she applied for the job. And I, I remember thinking, well, hang on a minute, your resume says Columbia University and you're calling me from New York. She said, yeah, my, I'm moving to Seattle. My my boyfriend, her now husband and father of their beautiful child, is uh, moving to Seattle. And uh, I said, but this went up on Husky Jobs. How did, how did you read about it if you're at the University of Columbia? She said, I'd log in to the... Uh, to the platform, <laughs> uh, which I wow. thought was very creative. And yes. so thought, you know what? I'm going to hire you because I think that, you know, you can navigate some ambiguity with me around all this. So really that was the first hire. And then it was another, you know, it was another couple of years. Um, you know, we we took on a few interns, you know, on a part-time basis. Uh, but it was really, you know, 18 months later, two years later. I remember Lakita, when, when we met, when we were, doing our coaching course together you tried to coach me to go from I think like two employees to seven (laughs) and it had me sweating buckets and coming out (laughs) in hives just the thought of the responsibility of hiring all these people and all this kind of stuff and um, anyway there's a few building blocks that I'm sure you're going to ask me about that made it easier you know mentally uh, you know within all the the trials and tribulations of being a business owner and a leader. Um, but, you know, happy to say that we're hovering around the 35 employee mark, Yes, um, yes. you know, 10 years into the business. And it's really seen an acceleration of growth um, in the last two or three years. So a lot of that has been down to, you know, all the help and guidance um, you both have given us over the years as well. Oh, so gracious. Thank you. Uh, and Bianca is amazing. And it, I love that you identified, right, what are some of the characteristics that I'm looking for? And Bianca showed that but through her innovation and ingenuity. Uh, and she is just wonderful and a fantastic leader uh, as well. As you went from, okay, we have a, a smaller team, uh, and then you made the decision, we're going to scale, you know, past five people, up to now having 35 plus people, what are some of the mindset shifts that you needed to adjust? What got you from sweating buckets to saying, hey, I'm okay and I'm I'm ready to do this and grow this to a larger team? Well, you know, earlier on in in the genesis of Delightful, I was advised by several agency owners to not grow the business. Don't hire anybody. Just be a consultant. There's plenty of business to go around. A lot of these agency owners had come were coming to conversations with me very 
beaten up and mm. and and weary and you know weather beaten by um the the course that they had taken and i kind of believed it for a while um but really believed that we came to it from a a, a positive perspective quite by accident a you know when i did the coaching course you know with with ipec with you lakita you know they focus on very much coming from a positive mindset so mm-hmm. having positive energy um really thinking about um you know win-win situations trying not to come from a place of uh you know conflict or or you know imposter syndrome or or um you know negative energy being down on yourself you know worrying about stuff that hasn't happened yet all this kind of stuff so there was that but then right at the start um we i think we were seven people where we had an offsite and we got a uh, a woman called Lakita uh, <laughs> from co-create work to come and do a um a principles thing we we said you know we think we need to have a vision and mission we need an exercise let's have a vision mission and try and put together some principles for the business um and when we did that exercise we came up with you know a good solid vision and mission for the business but we also came up with uh these principles around us being fearless and forthright. And I mean, later on, family first got changed to community centric and there was, you know, celebrating uniqueness and all these different principles, which then put a a kind of positive frame around everything that we did as a business and then became integral as part of our hiring process, which actually then made it easier um, Mm. for, for us to hire because then, you know, all the questions and, you know, became competency or principle based. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became easier to hire the right kinds of people for our business rather than um, what I, I suggest, and it's nobody nobody's fault, but I suggest some of these agency owners that were warning me earlier on in, 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 our, in our lifetime, in our delightful lifetime, were warning me because um, maybe they just hadn't had the benefit of coming at it, you know, with, with a good deal of thought, um, with uh, essentially a, a, a built, you know, built for size culture mm-hmm. that could yeah. be expanded as more and more people came into the business. Yeah. And, th- and, that, and that's made it kind of easier to get to where we are now, you know, and I, I, I'm not saying any of it's easy because, you know, we do get to the point sometimes where, you know, people want to move on in their roles or, you know, in, in, in their life cycle with the business. You know, we don't always get it right as far as the hiring is concerned, but it hasn't been, you know, the complete and utter Armageddon nightmare that I was warned <laughs> way back at the start. Totally. And I, I love your frame there around, uh, I think, everything you described in and what we talk about a lot is like abundance, right? And like, so you went after this from a mindset of optimism, what might be possible, setting an intention, like really focused on having a abundant mindset towards uh, growing and hiring the team versus one that's around like scarcity or lack of trust uh, as well. And I think that's critical. I do think as well, you need to give yourself a ton of credit for your leadership, right? Like you 
have always been um, in our partnership, like really open-minded to what might be possible, leaning towards um, how do we build a great culture and those sorts of investments matter. And I think that's why Delightful has been able to attract and just continue to grow a really great team. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So I would love to hear if you could share like what systems or as you think about this from a systemic perspective, you've grown to now like 35 uh, team members. What types of systems did you need to put in place in order to grow to a larger team? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of kind of segments uh, to the systems. You know, what one is operational. It starts with really understanding you know, it, internally from the business perspective, what, what is coming up? Yeah. We, we found earlier on in our in our rapid growth that it did no one any favors to be hiring because we were at bursting point. Uh, you know, yes. everybody's so busy. Oh, we got to hire somebody else. So then everybody gets busier doing the interviews and the hiring yeah. loops and the feedback <laughs> sessions and everything, which puts more hours on people. Then that person comes on board or those people come on board and they go through a whole onboarding process. They need, you know, buddying for three months until they get, you know, so so it was really understanding the, the cycle of your business and understand, mm-hmm. you know, setting targets and being patient, uh, being patient about not growing too quickly because otherwise it could just end up pissing everybody off because they're trying to do their day job as well as interviewing other people. And then if you're then setting more aggressive targets as a business and then you have to grow and then you have to make more revenue to pay for the people that you've just come in, it doesn't do anybody <laughs> any help. You end up in a in a nightmare cycle. So it took us a few years to understand the seasonality of our business and what made sense from you know when we should hire and 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 when we should feel confident that we would have enough in the tank so to speak that if disaster struck um you know we we would have some buffer room in order to keep people employed you know imagine running a business right at the start of covid um it was a bit of a nightmare there but luckily we had buffer and and, and we could uh, weather that and in fact we grew during 2020 and 2021 um the second things around, you know, the operational side of things. So right now I still do a lot of the screening. So I'll put the jobs up on on LinkedIn or I think we've used Indeed in the past and ZipRecruiter. And I'll do the initial screening and and have conversations with people very clear up front, have a discussion with them about, you know, what the what the job role is, what's expected, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing is to be very, very clear right up front. Um, about salary bands and benefits and ask a bunch of questions earlier on. Because what we found was people would end up getting at the end of a 10-hour cycle of um, interviews and then internal meetings and all this kind of stuff. And then we'd go back and we'd offer them a job and they'd be saying, oh, no, I need $30,000 more. Yeah, and we said, well, didn't you see it on the job post? And they said, oh, I didn't scroll down that far. And so, (laughs) you know, mitigating time wasting not not that you know if someone feels that they deserve thirty thousand dollars more for a particular role that's that's absolutely fine but we have set salary bands so we're very clear up front that yes there might be some wiggle room but we don't want them coming back and you know countering us or negotiating um 
you know, after all our team had spent such an enormous amount of time um, doing the interviewing. Um, and then, you know, we get the interviews set up and whatnot. Um, we have question banks, they're kind of competency slash principle based um, questioning. Uh, each of the, we, we try and have people from um, across the team interviewing uh, people. So they're not just from one department, so to speak, at the company. Um, and more recently, uh, are now trying to have at least one of them, maybe a final interview in person. So, but really, I mean, it's there's the operational side. Yeah. There's the the questioning and the competencies and how they fit the role that you're trying to get them to do, and how, how that rolls up to the the you know the role guides that we have within the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just ensuring that. Um, that, that you can be attractive as a, a as a company or as a small business by offering as best uh, benefits as you can. Um, I remember that when we first started doing uh, um, healthcare, for instance, our healthcare benefits advisor came in and said, uh, "Now, are you are you going to be offering fifty percent uh, healthcare premium or you know seventy five percent?" And I went, "Well, why wouldn't you give a hundred? He said, "Well, that's that's very rare." <laughs> And I said, I'm from England where healthcare is free. Right? <laughs> it might be Victorian from the NHS, but it's still free. Uh, and that's why we gave people 100, 100%. And I I get a bit of a kick out. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I mean, it, it does add up, but I get a kick out of hearing that, you know, people have got, you know, the best optimal glasses or the best optimal dental implants because of the level of, of, healthcare that, that that we've given them and you know that's just kind of the icing or the cherry on the cake for us yes i love that oh go ahead chloe <laughs> And that's a big part of attracting people, right? Is what do you do as a business? What do you offer for them? And I think you all do that exceptionally well. And especially when you think about your principles and how something like 100% healthcare ties in exactly to those principles that you have. So it's all a big ecosystem that leads to attracting the right people to your business, right? So then you get the right people in the door, which is amazing. Yeah. But it it also means that we try and make it as as attractive and as comfortable for people to work here as possible until they decide that you know i i'm going to step up into a bigger organization or i'm going to go client side or i'm going to go and start my own business or something like that and i feel that you know if you invest an awful lot into those particular areas you you certainly reap the reward from a low attrition perspective Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean three people three or four people have left delightful this year to go on to other jobs um you know they all went client side but they all went you know on the up and up in their career and we're we're very happy to see them doing that yeah that's that's one of the things i think about delightful that's really special is like the investments in culture i would love for you to share for folks like that you have on the delightful team, an employee experience, right? Basically, manager. So, someone who helps to come in and help to helps to create that employee experience. Delightful is also intentionally remote, so a remote work first company, and what that entails. So, can you share a little bit more about some of the elements of delightful culture that makes it a special company to work for and and easy to attract folks to work there? Yeah, I mean. We we hired Lisa 
I think it was 2020, um, to join the company as what we call people engagement manager. We needed somebody to help with working with clients and client gifts and and stuff like that, uh, kind of on an event perspective. But we also wanted somebody to help with um, putting together, you know, gift baskets for, you know, the team at, at particular holidays or um, running the stand-ups. So we have weekly stand-ups where, you know, she comes up with a question of the week where everybody, you know, breaks off into groups and we just get to know each other. It's got kind of water cooler kind of stuff. Um, she's got her ear to the ground when it comes to, you know, if people are feeling a bit blue about something or, you know, something going on personally with them, she's got a certain amount of budget to um to help with those kinds of things. She organizes the in-person meetings that we have and happy hours and all kinds of things like that. Um, and it's it's quite a luxury in that, you know, I think she was hired with 20 people, 20, 25 people. And most most companies won't hire an eight full-time HR person until they're at least 50. So um, investing in her to, to do that kind of stuff, it took a lot of the pressure off me um, to have to think about that. And Ashley, who was very focused on HR and, and the payroll and uh, and dealing with a lot of um, stuff around setting us up to be intentionally remote. Mm-hmm. Um, and the intentionally remote thing came from, we got to mid-2021. We thought, okay, we might be coming out of COVID. Um, we'd given up our lease and we went to see a few offices in downtown Seattle and we found one that was a beautiful, um, uh, you know, kind of warehouse thing. And it had a rooftop, you know, that overlooked the the bay in Seattle, the Puget Sound. And we thought this would be great. People could just come and touch down here and be like a co-working space. And we put a survey out to the team and we said, do you want to go hybrid? Would you like a space downtown that you could all come? And 99% of them said, no, I want to be remote. Um, and you would think that would be easy. But, you know, a year, 18 months later, we think we're just getting there at optimizing the company for remote work. It isn't just a case of, you know, give people 40 bucks a month for enhanced internet, which we do. Um, But it's, you know, there's a whole thought process that goes around the cadence of internal meetings, whether people are on camera or not on camera. Mm-hmm. You know, for client, you know, what time do we expect people to be at their laptops in the morning? When when is reasonable for them to shut down and things like that? So that's where we've invested a lot of money in 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 Lisa, but then also the thinking around the remote work and being intentional about it and making sure that everybody's clear, very clear on on what that means and what the expectations are as a business. Because mm-hmm. all this stuff we're talking about is literally delightful from a benefit perspective but at the end of the day <laughs> we're a business and we need to get work done we need to get job done especially in this current economic climate yeah i love it uh and so we've heard uh an overview of so many of the benefits that you do offer how you have thought about like with connecting with the team learning from the team what they need and a little bit we we're talking here about like what you're thinking about for the future but as you reflect on hiring, growing the team. Um, Earlier, you mentioned naysayers. What do you think those folks had wrong about the benefit of having a larger team? 
and what you've learned about this process by growing the team? Um, I think from the the naysayers' perspective, it was very much around they they hadn't come from a culture first perspective. You know, they might have got to thirty five and just be hiring without much thought about the core principles and basis of why they built the business. I mean, Ashley and I literally said after she joined in after five years and after the first year, we we looked at each other and said, I can't possibly just do this for money. Um, We want to see people, you know, when we retired in 20 years time, lying on a beach in the Bahamas, you know, with the phone, (laughs) with LinkedIn notifications going off saying, Bianca has just been made CMO of Microsoft, you know, yeah, we, we want to see people go on and have success in their later careers. We want to be a good bedrock, a good basis for them to go on and be successful. Um, I definitely think that it helped us putting our cultural foot forward so earlier on in our creation um, as a business or, or our evolution. Um, and the lessons that I've I've learned on the way is to is to try and come at everything with with positive energy. Um, and just realize that that every pitfall you come across is an opportunity to learn and, and be better the next time. I think some folks can feel a little a little defensive sometimes with um, you know some areas that they might not have thought about. I don't think that there's a playbook out there for anybody that spells all this out and and you're always going to learn from your mistakes. It's it's how you pick yourself up from um, you know, from those missteps and, you know, put, put you know, your best foot forward and, and make sure that, you know, you don't make those mistakes in the past, but that you communicate, you know, why things are happening or why things have changed. And so that people understand the why behind, you know, a- any different, you know, direction that you might go in. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's tons of things that, that we've learned, but I definitely think that culture foot forward early on, you know, has been, you know, the the mainstay and, and and one of the main reasons why we've seen success over the last few years. Yeah, I love everything there, Mel. And uh, delightful, you as a leader, Ashley as a leader, you all have been thinking about culture from the very beginning. Uh, and, and that included us coming, putting together um, the mission and the principles for Delightful uh, and how the team has grown. Are there any closing thoughts or ideas that you would share with folks? Um, I would just say that if you're thinking about hiring, um, think about it. Uh, uh, as in think positively about it. Um, if you're running a business, uh, you know, maybe you're one or two people and you're, you're wondering about growing. As long as you're honest with yourself about your potential and you've done your research and you know that, you know, there's possible areas of growth, you know, you'll see a return for that person coming on board. So as long as you've done your due diligence, um, and you've, you've planned ahead, as long as you've got, you know, some, cash in the bank, you know, fuel in the tank to ensure that, you know, something did go wrong um, with it, that, you know, everything would be okay-ish. I think the the rewards, not just, you know, seeing revenue increase and success and, you know, growing your business and all that kind of stuff uh, is huge. Um, But the reward is, for me, has been turning the, the stress of being responsible for 
potentially 30 people's 401ks <laughs> and their whatever, turning that on its head and and enjoying it, uh, yes. you know, be, being in that room or, or being on that Zoom call and seeing all those people um, when times are good and and enjoying that and thinking, you know what, you know, we, we've been successful. This is good. Uh, people are learning and growing. Um, but the other thing is is to really you know, especially in this economic climate right now, is to understand that you know, it's, it's to think about, you know, what, what is the worst that could happen? Um, the worst that could happen is you'll have to lay people off. And you don't want to do that. You want to put every which way, step, thought, you know, process, thinking, planning to get in the way of that. But I think that that was the number one nightmare scenario was if I hire somebody, I might have to lay them off. And I first hired somebody eight years ago and 40 or 45 people have come through this company and learn and grow um, because I had the courage to turn that fear into something positive. And I said, you know, that's the wrong frame of mind. You don't not hire somebody because you might have to lay them off. You hire them because you know that you've got a great idea. You've got yes. great business potential. You've got, you know, the opportunity to to teach people, to show people, to lead people so that they learn and grow. So give it a go because I've survived two layoffs. There's, you know, you're hearing about it left, right and center right now. Everybody's going to be okay. You just need to be honest with yourself that you can give it an honest go and that you're going to continue growing the business honestly. Um by making sure that you're putting adequate planning in and 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 those kinds of things, and um, the rewards then far outweigh any of the risks that that you ever thought of. Yes, I love it. I've been over here snapping, uh, and so uh, the elevation. What you're describing here, Mel, is about leadership, right? And taking responsibility, accountability, willing to be optimistic. Uh, be well knowledge and well versed, and then getting out there and doing the thing. So I love it so much. Uh, as we close here, we always ask uh, each of our guests their top three attributes of what they believe makes a successful leader. Uh, and this is very like rapid fire style. So feel free to just share um, uh, your three leadership attributes. Um, I think being able to plan ahead. Uh, to see round corners. Um, that might be, I mean, that's a, that's definitely an attribute. And I think it can be a skill that can be learned um, planning ahead. Two is communication. Uh, and by communication is being able to communicate with clarity, you know, being very, very clear, but actually taking the time to really think about every permutation of what you're about to say, you know, wh- whether it's a direction the company is going to go in or you know, some announcement about this, that, 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 and ever, it's not just being a great orator, you know, standing up on stage and speaking, but being very crisp and clear about the communication so that you can, um, you know, get your point across or, or get people to understand a perspective that is as clear for everybody throughout the organization as possible. Um, and then the third thing is to just to realize that, yes, you run a business and yes, it's, you know, we work in, in in technology, but have some perspective about your impact, or help people have a perspective about their impact uh, on the rest of the world, and and helping people um, understand the purpose behind what you do and and who you do it for. We we always say when we work with leaders, you know, your brand is 
you know, what do you do? Who do you do it for? And what is the impact that you bring? Um, as a leader, I'm always trying to get people to understand the impact that they have, because I think some people are very down in in the detail a lot of the time, and they get they don't actually able to look up and see the incredible work, the incredible things, the knock on effect of their work has at some of these businesses. And and lastly, is, I know I, can I have four? Yes, uh, you can. Just four. <laughs> it's just try to have fun. My goodness me, we're only on this planet for a, a short amount of time, um, and you know just try and have fun and if it's if it's not fun then you know move on somewhere funner um i try and keep it fun i you know i it, there are some down days but i'm i'm constantly trying to focus on that positive energy that my goodness me i started a company 10 years ago it's still in existence my wife works with me we're still married <laughs> and um you know in the next 4 to 5 years who knows we we will have seen 50 100 people come through the business and they've all got delightful on their resume and that makes me very proud oh i love it well mel thank you for joining us today and we definitely want to thank you for your leadership thank you mel well thank you very much you you both are awesome and right at the top of my holiday card list that's for sure Thank you for tuning in. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this week's episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast on your favorite platform.